The following podcast uses words that lawyers don't use in court, even though they're thinking them. Hello and welcome to episode 306 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Today on the show, we talked about a long personal statement that focused too much on a fraternity. Um, what else did we talk about? We did a logical reasoning question that was about a conclusion question that we thought was good, a good question to get your mind wrapped around. And that's all I remember. Brain teaser. Ben. Oh, the brain teaser. And I never got to it. Teaser. Oh, shoot. Oh, well, you're going to have to give me a night to think about it. Maybe I can come up with a solution. If I can't, then, oh, well, fail. <laughs> but the brain teaser is on the show. And everybody, uh, you can play along at home with Ben's uh, brain teaser that he did not solve immediately. Neither did I. So uh, I, I, but, but it'll be interesting to see if Ben comes up with it. Yeah. Well, and also, um, I apparently forgot about it. So maybe I was trying to suppress it. Um, on some level. This will air on Monday, July 12th. Uh, the August LSAT is coming up. It's the week of, or Saturday, uh, August 14th, the couple of days around there. And the October LSAT registration deadline is August 25th. If you have not joined Nathan's August 2021 LSAT study group, I would encourage you to do so. That meets every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, you only have to have a demon-free account. So go to lsatdemon.com, sign up for an account, and you can register for Nathan's weekly class, which is growing and basically encouraging people to study, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a super fun group. We've made the commitment to everybody in the room is, you know, kind of gets on board with the idea that they're going to do a little something every day yep. to move themselves forward. Yeah. And then the study group evolves as we get closer to the actual test. Last week, we spent a lot of time in the study group deciding whether we should register for the August test or not, because we were coming up against that deadline. Um, that class will evolve as we get closer to the actual test with more stuff like should I push my test date? Should I um, withdraw? Should I, what, what should I do? I mean, the bulk of it is really like, hey, how do I, how do I make the most out of my study time? What do I actually do mm -hmm. uh, while I'm studying in order to improve my scores? But anyway, it's a super fun group. So I hope everybody will join. Yeah. On to the show. All right, let's do this uh, logical reasoning question from test 73, section two, question 11. Um, Sounds good. Do you want me to read it this time? I feel like you read it yeah. last time. Yeah. Cool. So I will read it, and then we'll hear what you think. Municipal legislator. Municipal. Municipal. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I have problems reading, first of all. But second of all, I am tired from my trip to Tahoe. Thank you, by the way, for letting me stay at your house. It's nice to see you, buddy. Yeah. Glad you, glad you got to come out. <laughs> Lovely to see you and Maria both. Yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm still recovering from the trip back. Anyways, municipal legislator. The mayor proposes that the city accept a lighting company's gift of several high-tech streetlights. Okay. I mean, you know, right away, I, I immediately, just because I'm, I'm trying to be as skeptical as I possibly can. Yeah. So it's like on the one hand, a gift of high-tech streetlights sounds great. Yeah. On the other hand, there can certainly be reasons why a city wouldn't accept a gift of high-tech streetlights. Like, 
one, how much is it going to cost to maintain these things? You know, sure. like, high tech, do they break down a lot? Do we need new streetlights? Mm-hmm. Also, of course, there's the whole thing of like, well, how much graft, you know, like, do these things come with, oh, also you have to employ 20 of our people for no show city jobs yeah or whatever you know like just where's the strings that's what i would want to know mostly sure why why are you proposing that the city accept this gift um mayor what's in it for you right yep next sentence surely there would be no problem in accepting these despite some people's fear that the company wants to influence the city's decision regarding park lighting contracts so Right away, the first word of that sentence really it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, when I see surely or clearly or obviously, um, that's a content-free editorialization that is usually just they're they're just trying to hide bullshit inside. You know, it's like giving your dog a pill wrapped in cheese. Yeah. Clearly, there's no um, problem here. Surely. Surely we. Should. It's like whoa, whoa. Ain't, ain't no surely yeah with a lawyer around right yeah. so i look at that and i go well wait a second some people you say are afraid that the company wants to influence the city's decision regarding park lighting contracts shocker because i predicted that before you even said it yeah or something like that you know and um so really that sentence they provided no evidence in their own favor. That's just clearly, that's what they're going to try to conclude. And as much as it sounds like they're, you know, they're just like, well, pff, I mean, we shouldn't even think about this anymore. But, you know, it's, yeah. surely there's no problem with this. And then the only actual fact that they provided in that statement is that some people are afraid that the company wants to influence the city's decision regarding park lighting contracts. So it's like, wait a minute, you're not even helping your own case. You're trying to give me a conclusion <laughs> <laughs> with uh, some additional evidence that it can only be bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. So as I head into the third sentence, I'm like, do you have any evidence that the mayor should accept this gift? Because so far, all I'm seeing is a conclusion. Yeah. The only ulterior motive I can find is the company's desire to have its products seen by mayors who will visit the city for an upcoming convention. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> the municipal legislator is probably not as good at looking for ulterior motives as I am, right? Like I have to approach this test as a professional skeptic. And the fact that you can only find one reason, you know, why all the... Well, the it's only possible ulterior motive. Like, well, I don't know about that. I I get it that that would be a reason why the company would want to have its products w want to give these lamps. Yeah. But still, I mean, my retort to that is, oh, so they can pull the same scam in every other city. Or where's your evidence that we should? Why is it good for us to accept these these street lamps? Mm -hmm. You haven't provided any evidence why we should accept these street lamps yet so far i mean even if you accept this is true right i think this is what you're saying it's like it's still a reason for the company not the reason for the city <laughs> yeah that doesn't do anything for us yeah okay in any case 
favoritism in city contracts is prevented by our competitive bidding procedure. There I shrug and I go, okay, that's good. So, you know, these people who are worried that the company is going to influence the city's decision regarding park lighting contracts, you know, maybe that's not a valid point if it is true that favoritism in city contracts is prevented by our competitive bidding procedure. I think I have to be willing to grant that as a premise of the argument. Sure. So, you know, all right, fine. The people who are worried about the influencing of the government contracts, yeah, well, we got this competitive bidding thing. Maybe you guys could chill on that particular objection. Mm -hmm. But still, I don't see any evidence other than, you know, what? These are high tech. They're a gift. But there's no premise that says we should accept high tech gifts. Yeah, the or only we thing should here except gifts or high tech is good. Yep. <laughs> right? There's nothing there that or really supports their good. conclusion. Yeah. The Right. All it is is it's not going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. It's this style of argumentation where you don't actually have anything to support your own point. Mhm. You just talk about the opponent's argument and something that's wrong with their argument. Yep. Therefore, I win. Yeah. And it's like, no, you don't win. You you might have defeated your opponent's one particular argument of your opponent. Yeah. And on you know Fox News or on CNN, that style of argumentation is basically all that anybody ever does, right? They don't actually provide their own evidence. They just attack other people's statements. Yeah. And it sadly, it's effective, right? People walk away from that like, yeah, damn. Zinger, <laughs> you really made them look like an idiot. And it's like, yeah, I know. But if you just flip the channel, they're making you look like an idiot. So you're all idiots. So you're not actually providing any evidence in support of your own uh, conclusions. Okay. The question says, which one of the following most accurately expresses the main conclusion of the municipal legislator's argument? Uh, well, okay. So then it turns out to be an easy question. Yep. You know, after all that, and it wouldn't have taken that long, by the way you know, we take a few minutes to talk through these arguments, but in our head, it, this is all happening kind of instantaneously. Every, every statement we read, we fire off these silent mental objections, right? Yeah. To, to, to the statements. And then if they just ask me the conclusion, then I go, oh, well, I mean, I guess it was that second sentence. Surely there would be no problem in accepting these streetlights. And, and I would point out, we know that that's the main conclusion because we were objecting to it, right? The, the problem I think that people have is when they don't make those objections and then they get a main conclusion question like this one, sometimes they can just glance back at the argument yeah. and see thus, and they're like, oh, well, that's the main conclusion. It's like, no, is that what you were ultimately arguing against or was that just a point that was used along the way to prove yeah. the main conclusion and thus an intermediate well, conclusion and thus wrong, right? Like, right. It, this and here there aren't any keywords anyway. Yeah, there aren't any keywords anyway. But right, and anyways, the people who do you're you're exactly right, Ben. And the people who do that the most are the people who read the question before they read the passage. Mm -hmm. If you read the question first, you just go, "Oh, main conclusion, okay," and then you start scanning the legislator's argument, looking for keywords or doing this like cheesy shortcut. It's just not reliable. It's not a good method. It's a good method, you know, like if it's a good method for Kaplan students to try to get from 135 to 142. Mm -hmm. 
right? Cause you can like half ass some of the easy questions and you can get some of them right. And you start getting like six out of the first 10, right. And you think you've learned something, Yeah. but it's not a sustainable approach to the test for people who want to score 165 or 175. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, you're not going to get there that way. Um, it ends up actually being counterproductive. It makes you less accurate and it makes you take longer when you get to the higher level. Yeah. Because it, like, it's exactly what Ben just said. He knows that that's the conclusion because that's the part that he was pissed off about when he was reading the argument. The part that he's like resisting is probably the conclusion. And it just like comes to you naturally instead of, cause there's no other way. If you don't read the entire, pa the entire passage and really understand what the, the, what the legislator is trying to argue for, mm -hmm. you can't, there's, there's just like four random sentences. Yep. Good luck. But, you know, what, what they did was they ultimately said, well, the mayor has made this proposal. Some people have objected to it, but surely we should follow the mayor's proposal despite those objections. Yeah. So surely there would be no problem in accepting these streetlights is the conclusion of the argument. Yeah. And really quick, sorry, before you go into the answers, yeah. um, I was thinking about those people who read the question first, right? And then they read the argument and those people are, as you said, the most susceptible to kind of just jumping to the conclusion as to what the conclusion actually is. But I think we have a second group of people who maybe have listened to the podcast and they're like, okay, okay, I get it. Well, I'm not supposed to read the question first. So they read the passage or the argument first, but they read it too quickly, right? They're just reading it to read it. That's it. So that they can get to the question so they get as quickly to the question. as possible. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay, what's the main point? Okay. Let me go back and find it. Uh, yeah. You're still, you're, right. you're kind of in that first group. You're still making I the same that. mistake. You feel good because you're like, oh, I'm doing what the podcast said and I'm not reading the question first, but you, you kind of really are. You really have to read the argument and understand it and argue with it. Once you can argue with the argument or understand that the passage is just a set of facts, which it's not here, but then that means you're engaged with it enough to be ready for the question. Everyone at every level, the reason why you're slow is because you're slow in the answer choices. It has nothing to do with how quickly, you, you don't need to rush to get to those answer choices. Yeah. You're slow in the answer choices. Yep. You think there's three good answers or you think there's no good answers or the answers don't make any sense. You're not, you don't know what you're supposed to be looking for. You're slow in the answer choices. Mm -hmm. And the reason why you're slow there is because you didn't take enough time in the passage or arguing with the passage or reading the question and then making a good prediction. If you do those things more carefully, you'll have much better predictions and then you'll blaze through the answer choices, which is really where it's at because four out of five answer choices are wrong and you just can't afford to give the answer choices so much attention yeah if you think about that right like what nathan you you just dismiss answer choices after two seconds yeah yeah routinely that's my whole plan i'm gonna read the argument very carefully i'm gonna read the question carefully i'm gonna make strong predictions i'm gonna have a real good idea what i'm looking for and then i'm gonna expect a to be wrong 80 percent of the time and i'm just not i'm probably not gonna read all the way through a like probably literally like half the time, I probably don't even make it through A Yeah. before dismissing it because it's wrong 80% of the time. And I can recognize it as wrong if I know what I'm looking for. 
Sorry, this, this is a random analogy popped, popped in my head, but I was uh, at your Zephyr Cove disc golf course yes. two days ago, right? Yes, you were. And um, those those disc golf holes or whatever they call what are they called? Baskets. Baskets are yeah. so far away in some cases, right? They are. And I remember standing on the tee for one of them and I was like, I can't see where the freaking basket is. I'm like looking, <laughs> you know, and then finally Maria's like, yeah, I think I see a red flag there. But anyways, there was a moment there where we almost just like threw the disc. <laughs> like, you know, we'll throw it it's straight. Just, and just it's got to be around there somewhere. Just chuck it completely the wrong direction. Yeah, exactly. But then this thought popped in my head. I'm like, I can't, I can't like execute without knowing where like at least within That's some funny. range of what i'm aiming for right and when you yeah. go into these answers without owning the passage uh then you can't predict a good answer and you don't know what you're aiming for and so then you have to like analyze each answer choice and get kicked around that's by a that's a professional analogy right there but <laughs> i like that one a lot all right answer choice a Oh, so what's your prediction? Oh, you already made the prediction. Second sentence. Yeah, just, uh, well, we should recap it. Yeah. Um, surely there would be no problem in accepting these high-tech lights as a gift. Yep. A, some people's fear that the company wants to influence the city's decision regarding park lighting contracts is unfounded. Um, you know, I don't hate it. The really... The main thing, because again, we noticed there was no positive evidence for we should accept these gifts. Yep. It, the entire argument was there are people who are objecting about accepting these gifts and they're wrong because we have this competitive bidding procedure. Yeah. But oh, there's no ulterior, ulterior motive. Well, there's this other ulterior motive, mm -hmm. but the competitive build, bidding procedure protects against your particular objection. Yep. And A is saying basically that, like these people who think that the bidding is going to be tainted are wrong. They're wrong. And so in other words, there's no problem, right? In accepting those. Yeah. Yeah. I'm expecting A to be wrong. Yeah. But when, when I look at that, I go, yeah, okay. Like I, I can't really reject it. Yeah. Um, so that's probably going to be the answer. I, by the way, I almost never end up with two like contenders, you know, I'm ruthless mm -hmm. at eliminating answer choices. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I leave that open, it's like the answer nine out of 10 times. Sure. You're just okay. going into the rest with even, even higher more, standards. <laughs> yeah. Skepticism, yeah. but you're going to check yes. them because there's always that possibility. Yes. I am going to look at them. Yeah. Yeah. B the mayor's proposal to accept the gift of streetlights should not be considered problematic. I think that's even better than A. Yeah. Because A supports B. Yeah. Um, a was certainly part of the argument, but the legislator did lead off with the bit about the mayor making the proposal. Mm -hmm. And surely there would be no problem basically following the mayor's proposal. Mm -hmm. And if I have, I mean, A and B are both part of the argument for sure. Yeah. I can't dismiss them on the grounds that they are misstating the argument. Yeah. They are part of the argument. 
And if A and B are both part of the argument, then I have to do my little trick of using therefore mm -hmm. to think about which one supports the other one. Sure. So if I read them in the order in which they're presented, some people fear that the company wants to influence the city's decision regarding park lighting contracts is unfounded. Some people's, sorry, fear is unfounded. Mm -hmm. And then I add a therefore. Yeah. The mayor's proposal to accept the gift of streetlights should not be considered problematic. It makes sense in that order. A is a reasonable premise in support of B. If I wanted to test it the other way, it's not going to make as much sense. So I read B first, then I say therefore, then I read A. Yeah. Well, I'll do it. The mayor's proposal to accept the gift of streetlights should not be considered problematic. Therefore... Some people's fear that the company wants to influence the city's decision regarding park lighting contracts is unfounded. What? One doesn't follow from the other, right? Yeah. A does not follow from B in the same way that B follows from A. Yeah. So that's a little trick that everybody can use. That's actually, there's only a small handful of like theory based, like, hey, here's a little tip. We don't do tips really, right? Yeah. We do reading carefully and actually understanding shit. Yeah. But that is a tip for conclusion questions. If you narrow it down to two, think about whether one of the answers supports the other answer. Mm -hmm. The answer that is doing the support is not the conclusion. Yeah. The answer that is being supported is the conclusion. And so here I would now eliminate A and I'm like 99% certain that the answer is B. By the way, I want to add one thing to that tip, which yep. you said, you said already, you said because both answer choices A and B are in the argument. Oh, that's you, the first step always. Yeah. I'm, I just want to clarify for people that you can't like say A, therefore B, and B seems to kind of follow from A, but it may be something that wasn't, it went beyond what was said in the argument, right? That's not going to Yeah, work. it... That's a good point. These, this is a must be true question first. Mm -hmm. Like, is it in the record? Mm -hmm. Did, did the municipal legislator actually say both of these things? Yeah. Because if not, then yeah, I'm not getting into the, does one support the other? That's a, it's, it, see, that's a, it, it demonstrates, I'm glad you brought that up because it demonstrates how careful we have to be about these stupid little tips. Mm -hmm. You know, I had somebody in class last night it was a very tricky, it wasn't actually, it was a reading comprehension question, but it turned out to be like one of these parallel analogy argument type of questions. Mm -hmm. And and somebody wanted to get into a particular phrase and, hey, is this a good, is that a good like type of language for this type of question? Yeah. And I was like, what? Because what type of question is this? Yeah. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. You can't just like novices and intermediate students who are struggling very frequently just go straight to these weird little tips mm -hmm. that are separated from the actual content of the test. Mm -hmm. And so content always trumps. Yeah. Content is always first. Yeah. So here, if A and B weren't in the content of the municipal legislators argument, we would not be getting into any of that gimmicky, tricky kind of does A support B or does B support A. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be out because it's not what they said. Yeah. Okay. C, it is not appropriate that any company should have the unique opportunity. I stopped reading that one right there. Thank you. I mean, 
for two reasons, yeah. right? One, the municipal legislator wants to accept this gift, which does seem like it might be a unique opportunity. Yep. So it's like cutting the wrong way. Two, it's just not what they said anyway. Not what they said. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's like not appropriate. This person is saying there's no problem. So right away, your alarm bell should be going off. It's like, yeah, no, it is appropriate to do. Right. Something. They're trying to prove that this is OK, yeah. but you're not going to win your case by <laughs> adding in it to the record. It is not appropriate that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're you're trying to say we should do this. Yeah. You're not trying to say we should not do this. So goodbye. And that's a good example of where, you know, every answer is 80 percent wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, to begin with, we know that every answer is wrong 80 percent of the time. Yeah. So. I'm expecting C to be wrong. I'm especially expecting C to be wrong because B is, you know, good. Yeah. And so it's like 99% of the time that's going to be wrong. It starts off wrong. I don't need to read the rest of it. Goodbye. Yeah. D, the city's competitive bidding procedure prevents favoritism in dispensing of city contracts. Okay. Definitely in the record. Yep. Definitely part of what the legislator said. I cannot easily dismiss D on the grounds that it misstates the argument. Sure. But again, D supports B. Because the city's competitive bidding procedure presents fav prevents favoritism in the dispensing of city contracts, yep. therefore, the mayor's proposal to accept the gift of streetlights should not be considered problematic. And I wouldn't bother to think about that the other way because it's so obvious here that D does support B. Uh, so D was part of the argument, but it is not the conclusion and it is eliminated. Yeah. E, the lighting company's desire... Sorry, I'll keep reading. To display its products to visiting mayors is the real... I would stop reading that one yeah. there. It's like, okay, so I don't even need to read the rest of that yeah. because if it correctly states what the legislator said, yeah. it's still only going to be a premise of the conclusion, yeah. right? Now, if it goes off and meanders, right wanders off and starts saying random shit that wasn't even in the passage, then it's wrong for that reason. But even if it stays on the path and it restates, all it's going to do is restate a premise of the argument. Yeah. So there's only two possible ways that E could end and it's going to be wrong either way. So then we don't need to read it. We pick B and we're on to the next question. Yeah. Cool. Um, I was curious about this one. And it's a level three question, difficulty level okay. three. Yeah. And it doesn't surprise me because A does seem the it's pretty close for a conclusion question. I mean, it's dead wrong. But at the same time, I could see why it's tempting. I bet that's the answer that most people well, pick when they get this one wrong. Hey, not only that, but D and E are both in the argument. Mm -hmm. Right? So, I mean... It's a it's a perfect example of how you can't shortcut this. You can't just look for like, well, they said that. So that's the answer. No, they did say A and B and D and E. I mean, that's basically the four sentences in the argument mm -hmm. just presented as answer choices. So the answer choices aren't going to bail you out here. You have to know what you're looking for when you go into the answers. Yeah. And I, I agree with you, Ben. I think the most commonly chosen wrong answer here is going to be A. And this is that, you know, this sometimes is the difference between getting it right and getting it wrong is that little, that little trick of, well, yeah, they're both in the passage, 
the problem is A was used as support for B. Um, that's not a problem. That's the reason why B is the answer, not A. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good teaching question. I mean, that's a good question for study. I don't say that about every LSAT question, but that one there, like if you struggle at all with that, you, you need to sort that out. You need to figure out, you should, you should walk away from that a hundred percent sure that B is the answer. Yeah. And why? Yeah. Cool. Hey, I got a brain teaser for yeah, you. Yeah, here we go. You were you were teasing me about this this oh, dude. Weekend. The whole time you guys were here, I was like chomping at the bit. I wanted to ask you and Maria and Wade. I wanted to ask everybody this brain teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it to two of my golf buddies the other day, and uh, they totally failed. They oh, they did, failed. They, oh, great. They didn't. <laughs> well, I guess that's better than them succeeding. Up. If they succeed, I'd be like, oh shit, now I have to get it. No, they they didn't bring it back up. It's been ten days since I gave it to them, and they were they just. I think they are pretending, like disavow all knowledge of the <laughs> fact that I even gave them the brain teaser. Yeah. But I was dying to give it to you. I'm 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 a little. It took me overnight. Like I woke up in the middle of the night with the solution to this in my head. Okay. Um. Here we go. Okay. This is an email, by the way, from John, who has sent in uh, previous brain teasers to the oh, show, which I John. really appreciate. Thanks, John. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, John. Help at thinkinglsat.com. If you have a brain teaser for Ben, um, send it in or, and I'll give it to Ben. Or for Nathan. The, <laughs> nope. Only for you. <laughs> because I am the one who manages oh, the, yeah, the email queue the and I'm going to read it right away. Yeah. I don't have any self-control for this type of thing. Okay. Um, this really does it for me. So anyway... Um, I came across this brain teaser the other day. By comparison, it's relatively simple, but I'd say it's fun nonetheless. Here it goes. Ben, you are in a room with three light switches. These light switches connect to three individual light bulbs in another room that is down a long hallway from you. Can you picture it? You're in the room? Yeah, so I imagine I'm in an office building and there's three light switches and each one goes to an its own light yes in another room yes that's down the down hallway. a long hallway from you and it yes. said far hall long hallway yes okay yes you cannot see the other room you cannot see the light bulbs while you are looking at the light switches you need to determine with certainty which light switch corresponds to which light bulb and here's your the steps you're allowed to take one you can arrange the light switches in your current room. Two, you can walk down the hallway into the other room. Three, you can check out the lights and answer the question, which light bulb goes with each light switch. Note that you can only take these three steps once in that order, and then it's game over. And that is from John. And there is a solution. And it is a it is a certain solution. Okay, so I'm in a room. I can arrange the light switches like on the wall. Or you that's just no, this is just like on or off, however I want. It's on or off. Yeah. You have control whether the switches are on or off. Sorry, for a second there, I was like, why <laughs> why would I order them? <laughs> okay, so it's on or off. And then I walk down the hallway into the other room. I can't come back. Correct. I check out the lights and determine which light bulb goes with each light switch. Yep. All right. Well, obviously, if I, okay, 
let me simplify this a little bit. If I had two, this would be super simple, right? One on, one off. <laughs> Okay. That would be a brain teaser that I would give to my nephew who's six. <laughs> that, would, that would be a good one. All right. So Ryan. this is a great yeah. show, man. What's the next question? Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the third switch is a little weird. Um, what do you mean it's a little weird? Well, I'm trying to figure out how do I figure that out. Because if it's on, right? So I have one on, one off. If the third one is on... Yep. When I get to the other room, obviously I don't know which one is like the on one. Can I can I look down the hall? No. I mean, you can look down the hall, but all you're going to see is an empty hall. Because, okay, <laughs> here's what I was imagining for a second here. I could turn on... Oh, well, if I can't, can't look down the hall and see any light coming out of that room... Um, I was going to, I guess what I, what I want to do is I want to turn on that. I want to turn on both. I want to turn on one switch, see how bright it is outside the hall, turn on two switches, see how bright it is out the hall, and then go down and like unscrew one of the bulbs. Cause if I could unscrew one of them, then I could see how much light is coming out of the hall. And then I would know whether it was the first scenario or the second scenario. Yeah, you can assume that the uh, door at the other end of the hallway is closed and no light emits from that final room. Okay. So let's say I have one on, one off, one on. I walk down there. Um, Once I get in the room, I obviously know which one is the off one. The two other ones, I don't know with certainty. Okay, so my only options are to turn them all off. That seems useless. To turn them all on, that also seems useless. And then my two other options is two on, one off, or one on and two off. Yep. And if I have one on, then I know which one is that one. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm sort of stuck unless I can, like, look at the light coming out of the hallway door and, like, unscrew it down there. At least that's the solution right. I'm coming up with right now. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, give you, um, let's give you some time to think about it. We'll do the rest of the agenda, and then by the end of the show, maybe you'll, uh, maybe you'll have gotten there. Okay, cool. Um, there is a solution, and it is you will be certain when you walk into the other room and check out the light bulbs in that room you will be certain uh which you'll you'll be able to go one two three a b c match them all up okay um, hmm. it'll come to you eventually all right all right we have a personal statement from walker we have an email that says hey ben and nathan not sure if y'all want another personal statement to review on the podcast but i have written mine in the i am i did i do format that was laid out in the podcast and newsletter I think it conforms well to the template and hopefully lives up to the high standards y'all set for LSAT Demon students. If not, I'd be more than happy to hear y'all's criticism to help me improve my writing. Thanks, Walker. So, Walker is a listener of the show. Walker knows that we uh, give constructive criticism. 
when we read personal statements. Yeah. And um, the first step of construction is frequently demolition. Yep. And so Walker knows that when we give constructive criticism, frequently that results in tearing down 95% of what you've got. Yeah. Uh, we only do this because we think we can help you. And, and by the way, that means that if we don't tear it down completely, we think there's something good there. You ready to read it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. My name is Walker and then last name. And I am a senior at some school majoring in both economics and business administration. Walker put those names in there, by the way, and I redact them for the podcast. But that's a first sentence. It's one paragraph. First sentence, which I don't hate at all. But what do you think about this? My name is Walker blank. I don't think that's necessary at all. They know your name when they're reading this or they don't even care. Um, I would cut that. Seems kind of weird. Well, it's going to be in the header, right? So it, on the personal statement, in the header of the document, you're going to put your name and your LSAC number and maybe the words personal statement just so that people know what the document pages are. Yeah, That'll be at the, t at the in the header of both pages of your personal statement. So you definitely don't need to waste space with my name is. Your name was just right there at the top. What do you think about I am a senior at blank majoring in economics and business administration? I mean... I don't love it because it's on Walker's resume, but so are right. a lot of these things. So maybe if this is, but I don't know. It's just like, that's true for a lot of applicants. That's my problem with it too, is that it's not, it, it, I, don't, I don't have a picture of Walker in my head here, or if I do, it's a pretty boring picture. Yeah, It's like, oh, so you're one of a bazillion faceless economics business majors. Yeah. That's not special. It's not really putting your best foot forward. And I, I appreciate that Walker is following, you know, my format. Yeah, yeah. But when I said start with I am, I want like a something that I can latch on to as like, oh, this is what this person does in the world. Yeah. And just the fact that you're a college senior telling me your major, I don't know. I feel like probably we will find a detail later here that we could use in place of that. Yeah. And you know, this is also where I think the I am advice is the one it's, it's probably the third most important thing, right? We would say the most important thing is what you have done do now or do. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then what you did and then who you are, I am. And then finally what you will do. Yeah. So anyways, I think that the template probably works better for people who have been out of school for a while. That's true. Right. Like if you have a complicated story to tell, then maybe you start with, well, I'm an LSAT teacher, founder of LSATdemon.com and the Thinking LSAT podcast and the LSAT Demon Daily podcast. By the way, listeners, we have another podcast called LSAT Demon Daily <laughs> comes out five times a week. So, you know, st for me, I have a complicated story. For you, you have a complicated story. Saying that up front to give people a picture of who you are before going back and then telling your story that gets you up to the present moment, mm -hmm. I think maybe makes more sense than just a college senior yeah. 
you know, you probably don't need to set that stage that way. Yeah. But maybe you do. If I think it could be done correctly. We need to find just a more interesting detail where it's like, oh, if we admit Walker, we're admitting blank. Like that's special because business economics major ain't special. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure what Walker is doing is natural, right? I imagine when Walker meets new people at school, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a senior. Tell me about yourself, Walker. What do you do? Yeah. I'm a senior. I'm majoring in econ and business administration, business admin. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm doing psychology, <laughs> right? You know, To them, that's that's natural, but it's, it's not unique in this application. Compared to all other personal statements, though, this is like a B, B plus. Sure. Yeah. It's clearly written. It's a one sentence. I like, I mean, and now everybody who submits to the show is going to submit a one sentence first paragraph. Mm. Don't, you don't have to do that. But short sentences are good. Paragraph breaks are good. Walker is doing both of those right off the bat. Certainly clear, right? I is the subject of the sentence. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's like a lot to recommend here about this statement. I just think Walker could have picked a better detail sure. to share as the first detail. Okay. Next sentence or next paragraph, really. My freshman year of college, I would prefer a comma here, Walker. My freshman year of college, comma, I had two priorities. My grades and my position on the school golf team. Okay reactions it uh, i'm detecting that this whole story is going to be about being in college and being an athlete at the same time yeah and if that's true i think that could be very powerful but i would share what is your position the first sentence i would have said something about my position on the intercollegiate golf team yeah i'm an intercollegiate golfer oh well i'm a yeah i mean I'm the captain of my, I'm a senior and I'm heading into my, you know, my final season as captain of the redacted college golf team. Yeah. That, that would be a better, then I, I would immediately go like, Oh, student athlete. Great. Let's hear the story. Yeah. Instead, I'm, I'm kind of worried like, well, wait a second. Uh, I can see the reader going golf. You're wait, two priorities. One of them's golf, one of them's grades, and one of them's golf. Yeah. You know, you're setting yourself up for, if you had if you had positioned it as, I am an intercollegiate golfer, I am the captain of my team, or whatever it is, then I think people would be, you wouldn't even need to say, I had two priorities, grades and golf. I think that's one of the things that's better left implied than just said out loud. Yeah. Like, we get it. You have to balance a lot of shit when you're a college athlete. But when you state it so bluntly as I had two priorities, grades and my position on the golf team, I, I just could see a lot of readers going, well, you should have just focused on your grades. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing here is um, there's something about the vagueness of this sentence, right? My two priorities were my grades. That makes sense. But my position on the golf team, that's your priority. What does that even mean? Like it doesn't yeah. like, what's your position? Are you just a player? And that's your priority. Um, I mean, I get it, but it's, it's not well-written either. I don't think. What do you think about the first? I don't like the lead into that sentence. I, I, it, there's something a little cringy about my freshman year of college. 
I had two priorities. Yeah, I you know it's funny. I was like talking about the comma. It doesn't even make it. I don't know if that's right. Wouldn't you just say I had two priorities during my freshman year of college? Colon, then list those priorities. Yeah, if freshman year is important. Like now, I'm kind of anticipating something to change. Well, he's following my advice. Yeah. Right. My advice was if you're going to shift in the timeline, you're allowed one shift. Yeah. So I think Walker just did it. Yeah. Walker said, here's where I am. I'm a senior. I'm doing these things. Then goes back in time and says my freshman year and then wants to tell me that story. I just don't like the construction of the sentence. I, I wish it was I had two priorities during my freshman year. And then, and then tell me that story you're going to tell me. I just don't like the leading off with my freshman year of college. I Yeah, no, I don't like that. And I, I actually would prefer if we're going to like establish this timeline, I would much yes. rather something say something like, or Walker say, uh, when I started college. Sure. I had, it's just more natural than my freshman year of college. It, it sounds. Uh, well, it's like my freshman year of college is going to be the subject of the sentence. Yeah. But then it turns out not to be the subject of the sentence. It's just your kind of awkward lead into the t- establishing the timeline, which is not what. Uh, yeah, I would just wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. All right. Anyway, go ahead. The first thing I did was I was set up a schedule that clearly organized my time between school and golf. That's a bad sentence because you're you're making the subject the first thing I did. Yeah. And then the verb is what was. Yeah. This is the exact opposite. You, you've got to stamp out instances of the verb to be in your writing. Everybody has to stop doing this. I'm not saying that you can't sometimes use is, was, were, have been, has been, whatever. You can use forms of that verb, but most people overuse that verb. at the ex- And what happens is you're no longer the subject of the sentence. I mean, literally, thing is the subject of this sentence. Mm -hmm. We don't want thing to be the subject of the sentence. We want you to be subject to the sentence. So it does two things. When you use to be as your verb, which Walker did here with was, Mm -hmm. it makes your your subjects clunky and you, you miss an opportunity to use an active verb. Everybody continues to do this no matter how much we yell about it. You... Could have just said, I set up a schedule. Yep, This is what I did. <laughs> you save a whole bunch of words. It's just much better to write that way. I also would drop the word clearly here. I just, these words feel like they're making your argument stronger, but they, they actually are not necessary. I just said actually, which is not necessary either, but <laughs> no, we do it in, in speech, we do it in speech all the time. Yeah. When I write my weekly newsletter, I, I write it and then I reread it and I just cut out all those, uh, all the clearly and obviously mm-hmm. and sure. Like we were just yelling about it in logical reasoning. Yeah. Surely no. all those words are totally content free. All you're doing is trying to force a conclusion on somebody. Yep. We don't, you don't want to force these conclusions. You want to provide evidence and let them reach their own conclusions. It's a good, another good tip, which we've given on the show a million times. You just do a, Control F search for L Y space. Yep. Almost every word that ends in L Y can be eliminated 
and here, yeah, clearly organized my time. No, it just organized your time. Yep. So instead of I set up a schedule that clearly organized my time between school and golf, you just write I set up a schedule that organized my time between school and golf. You, yeah, it's just more factual, and that ends up being stronger in the end. Yeah, because we want to give you credit for that. Yeah. Like we want to see you as, oh, look at Walker. He's a that's pretty responsible for a freshman yeah. sitting there actually making a schedule for golf and and school. That's great. But when you say clearly or it's like, yeah, yeah. OK, how clear was it? You know? <laughs> yeah, we it's again, you're just like you're raising the bar unnecessarily to what you have to prove. And now we can become more suspect, even if it's subconscious. Yep. Um, but anyway, uh, Walker continues to my surprise, I had much more free time than I originally expected and decided to take on more responsibility. Um, again, you don't need the much more. You could just say I had more free time than I expe originally expected than I expected. Yeah, the search for ly space would cut that word. Yep. It would just it'd be. I mean, and I'm I'm not saying you have to get rid of every single ly space, but that one it doesn't add anything. Yeah. If you just said I had more free time than I expected, yeah, than you originally <laughs> expected. <laughs> yes, you had more free time than you expected. Yep. Okay. And decided to take on more responsibility. Okay. Um. There's. I would prefer, I, I don't know where this is going and if this is going somewhere good, great. But just right now, if I were to rewrite this sentence, I would prefer it to say, to my surprise, I had more free time than I expected, period. I, I decided to, yeah, just say the next thing. Well, and oh, I might even get rid of that. I feel like this is overselling. I decided to take on more yeah. responsibility. Oh, okay. Why don't you just tell me what you took on? Right. Right. This seems like, again, like, I don't know, just it does what seem oversellie. Yeah. Right. Like, whoa, I had to balance school and golf. I had to make a schedule. But then I surprisingly had more free time. So I decided to take on more responsibility. <laughs> you're so, and it's you're like, so grown up. <laughs> what's coming next? <laughs> like, this is going to be something really good. Right. Yeah. Instead, just be more plain spoken about it. Yeah. Like if you say I had say, more free time than I expected and then the next sentence says I decided to join one of the fraternities, well this is what you're going to say. Okay, so your your next sentence says this choice led me to again, this choice led me to me. Uh, I joined a fraternity. Yeah. Stop with the complicated subjects. Also, this is like kind of weird now, Walker. You just said that you decided to take on more responsibility and in your mind more responsibility means joining a fraternity. Yeah, I'm sure there, there's <laughs> yeah. some responsibility. Another way of interpreting that, Walker, <laughs> is I had much more free time than I originally expected, and I decided to start drinking yeah. a lot because that's a really good use of time. I mean, it's a really good way to waste a lot. Of, it's a good way to get rid of a lot of time, for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. If you didn't oversell it with, I decided to take on more responsibility, then we wouldn't be so resistant when we see fraternity. Not that fraternities are bad no, at it's all. Just, it's just an it's like I was expecting you to, you know, volunteer as a 
<laughs> big <Right>. brother, <laughs> you know, <laughs> big sister kind of thing. Or I don't know. And it's like, oh, you joined a fraternity? Okay, cool. Right. It's just like, yeah, okay. How much you're 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 inviting more skepticism than we normally would have if you were just not selling it so hard. Yeah. Just be be more plain spoken and conservative in the conclusions. Like I decided to take on more responsibility is kind of a conclusion. It's a conclusion. Yeah. Cause think about this, right? this to decide whether a sentence is a conclusion or not. Think about whether someone can object to it. Right. If you said I had more free time than I expected, it's like, okay, like you expected X number of hours. And I guess, um, you have more, I can't really argue with that. And there's no reason right. to, but when you say I decided to take on more responsibility, I'm like, Oh really? What, what, what's that responsibility? And yeah. And we can't argue with, I joined a fraternity No, we can't. It's or factual. whatever. Yeah. I'm imagining you're going to be doing things that are helpful in the fraternity. You're going to be taking on leadership positions. If you just say those facts clearly, we would go, Oh, what did you do next? Yep. Oh, what about, Oh, how'd that go? But instead, you're giving these like kind of lofty. I'm I decided to take on more responsibility by doing this. Uh, <laughs> then we have to object. That's our. That's what we do. Yeah, that's what lawyers do. So Walker says this choice led me to joining one of the fraternities on our campus. Uh, that's also unnecessary. Presumably, it'd be one on your campus as opposed to one on a different campus. Yeah, that and let's hold this up for really for scrutiny. This whole sentence sucks. Yeah. Okay. You're going to tell us that you joined a fraternity. That's fine. But the way you decided to present this is this choice led me to joining. You could have said I joined. And then you get one of the fraternities on our campus. You joined a fraternity. We didn't think that you joined a fraternity on a different campus. <laughs> So like well, that sentence doesn't help you. There's too many words there. You're just like wasting your breath. Yeah. Okay. At the end of freshman year, comma, thank you. I was an initiated member of our fraternity. Helped to raise more philanthropy dollars per man than any of our other fraternity chapters nationwide. Played in several college golf tournaments including the conference championship and was a member of both the president's and dean's honor roll. Okay. Whoa. Um, I think that would actually have to be honor rolls, but there's a, there's way too much in that sentence. It's just like a string of. Well, he wasted so much time with, I decided to take on more responsibility. This choice led me to, Right. There's so much. Yeah. Saying what you're going to say, build up, trying to get the engine running yeah. and then just races off with this long sentence. I hate the, the, the beginning of that sentence at the end of freshman year. I was. Yeah. Why do we have to skip to the end of freshman year and then look back on the year? Well, why can't you just say mm -hmm. that year? I became an initiated member of our fraternity where I helped raise more philanthropy dollars per man than any of our other fraternity chapters nationwide. That, by the way, 
per man than any of our other fraternity chapters. No, it needs to be fraternity members Mm -hmm. nationwide Mm -hmm. because you're not comparing yourself to the other chapters. You're comparing yourself to the other men. Or you say, like, that point, I helped my chapter raise more money than any other chapters. That could be yeah. it. Yeah. Our fraternity. Yeah. But that need, then you need a period. Well, also, you're burying this accomplishment among a bunch of right. other things. And it's like, that yeah. could be the sentence by itself. There's three things here. And I think they need to be three different sentences. Yeah. I played in several college golf tournaments, including the conference championship. Period. I don't think you need capitals on conference championship by the way yeah you're not naming the conference champ you're not naming the conference so it's not a proper noun it's just conference championship with no caps yeah i also made the presidents and deans honor rolls give those give them their own sentences they're good enough achievements although i guess honor rolls is on your transcript probably. yeah I was, I was wondering about that but I mean, I, I get it. It's, it's like he's trying to show that he achieved, you know, he succeeded academically while also doing these other two things, which is great, which is, but it's also odd, right? Because it's like, wait, I thought his two priorities are grades and golf. Oh, so then he added this third priority. I don't know. It's a little disjointed, but the being the initiated member of our fraternity, I don't feel like that is an accomplishment you want to even no. list. Like we know that you decided to join the fraternity. If you didn't make it, well, then hopefully well, you wouldn't have been mentioning any of this. Let's be really clear, yeah. too. We definitely don't want to hear or think about initiation. fraternity initiation. Yeah. We do. That's not professional. We don't want to hear about rush. We don't want to hear about you getting paddled or having to do whatever other weird fraternity shit you had to do, which who knows if they even do that anymore. But for people our age, which your reader is our age, when we hear fraternity, we think about all kinds of weird animal house type of shit that we just don't want to be hearing about really in a professional document. Yeah. So don't talk about the fact that you got initiated. Just skip to the good works that you did. I mean, if you raised money, that's awesome. Yeah. Talk about that. This, this, all right. We got to get through this thing. Yeah. Sorry. Last Second thing per- really quick. I, I will say um, we're going to break this sentence up into three uh, individual sentences but okay. when you all do lists, please don't go back and forth between was and helped and played and then was. Like I if you're gonna put a list of things together, you want it to be like I helped X, I played in Y, I Yeah. Not I was this and then now you're shifting to an action verb. You're going from a 2V. It's like your list needs to be parallel. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and and it's it all went wrong at the very beginning with uh, at the end of freshman year, I. Yeah. No, just say the thing. Be in present. You can be in present tense here. Or not present tense, but you can just say, I did this. I did that. I did this other thing. You're doing You're doing multiple shifts in the timeline, which is the thing that I told you not to do. Yeah. You can tell the story. If you're going to start at the beginning of freshman year, fine. Now, t- now say what happened in a plain spoken way. What Walker does here instead is skips to the end of freshman year, then recaps freshman year. Yeah. No, don't do it that way. Yeah. Just say what you did during the year. Uh, and, and then another tip, by the way, I just used uh, wordcounter.net, random Google search, to uh, count the words in this sentence. Yeah. 
I could have just used the Google Doc to do that, huh? Um, point is, yeah. there's 52 damn words in this 52. sentence. 52, jeez, yeah. <laughs> you, you guys need to... I always learned 35 words as like a hard cap, 35 words per sure. sentence. I think most people are going to be better off if they never get anywhere close to 35 words yeah. in their sentences. Yeah. You you need a mix of some shorter sentences and some longer sentences. Walker's doing mostly a good job of using shorter sentences. The first four or five sentences in this statement are short and easy to read, mostly. This one is a mess at 52 words. And it's almost like, tell me how many words in your sentence and I'll tell you how many errors it has. Yeah. Okay. Next paragraph. Next paragraph. Yeah. Sophomore year came and brought with it the same challenges as freshman year. Get all, cut all that. Unnecessary. Say what happened. Yep. Along with the addition of some new ones. Say, cut that whole okay. sentence. It sucks. I have no new You're not saying anything. Yeah, I haven't said anything. Yeah. The first of these new challenges was being selected <laughs> as our fraternity treasurer. See, it's like when I was selected fraternity treasurer, tell me what happens. Yeah, you don't get to like, there were lots of challenges and the first one of these challenges was, it's like, dude, what? Boom, boom, boom. Getting your engine warmed up. Just pulling the, just pulling the thing endlessly trying to get it going. Yeah. Yeah. Coming into my term as treasurer, coming into my term as treasurer, the fraternity bank account had just enough money to pay our bills. Okay, when I started as fraternity treasurer, we had barely enough money to pay our bills. We had significant... Yeah, that's that's replaces three, three sentences, sentences yeah. with one. Yeah, and okay. it tells us that there's a challenge without you saying there's a challenge. Like, why? <laughs> right, right. Just stop talking about challenges and just say what fucking happened. Yep. We get it. You're going to probably take us on a little bit of a journey. Just say the say the thing instead of the introduction to the thing. Stop naming everything. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. It's this naming and labeling of everything before we even hear what the thing is. Yeah. This is why you need to write and then cut. Plan on writing like three or four pages and then cut Yes. all of them except one and a half. <laughs> because it yep. does take time for our minds to clarify what we want to talk about. But once we put it on the page, we go back and we take out everything that's just blah just us yeah chatting. bad writers bad writers struggle to reach a page and a half or two pages and then they're like well i worked so hard on all of that i gotta keep it all yeah that's what we do in third grade when we're forced to write a long essay and we're, we're trying to get to the page count right to turn it in and get an a yeah lawyers have no shortage of words in the tank the the key is Get it all out there on the page, just like Ben said, write twice as long as you need to, then cut it down. I mean, honestly, write twice as long as you need to, then cut it way, way down yeah. and then add some more, you know, in places because there's just less here than than it looks. Yep. Okay. We had significant outstanding debt from alumni and current members alike who had been allowed to take advantage of the fraternity by previous treasurers. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I need to know why you're in debt. Um, and I don't love the significant. I don't love the alike. <laughs> I get it. They both contributed to the problem. 
Yeah, you said and already, so you don't need a like. Yeah. I I mean I I kind of like a little bit of the background that like people have been ripping off the fraternity. Although you say take advantage instead of saying what actually happened. Yeah, so now you've given us a conclusion. So then I have to like raise an eyebrow and say you're accusing your previous treasures of like wrongdoing basically. Instead of just say what happened. Yeah. Which he does eventually get there. Uh, the first step. Whoa, we already had the, <laughs> the first thing. Um, you like the that. first of these challenges. Now it's the first step. Yeah. Stop with the listings and the labelings and stuff. Just say what you did. The first step I took to correcting this. To correct <laughs> this, maybe? Again, look at that subject. It's so bad, and the verb is was. Yeah. It'll instantly cure a lot of your writing woes if you just stop using was as the verb in your sentences. You've got to use more active verbs. I is the subject of your sentence. And then use an active verb to say what you actually did. You're, Walker, let's be honest, Walker, you sent this in as I'm following your template. I'm taking your advice. But you're not. You're repeatedly using was as the subject of your sentences. You're not really taking as, our as advice. Verb, yeah, but mm -hmm. I mean the verb. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. The first step I took to correcting this. And by the way, I don't love <laughs> this just hanging out there in the ether. But um, this. <laughs> it's because I needs to be the subject of that <laughs> sentence. This. Uh, this. What was it? Graft or I don't know. This. Wrong. This. <laughs> it, it, it. It's. Um, T taking advantage this this, <laughs> this advantage taking. this advantage taking was yes. to have some frank discussions with the current members of our fraternity <laughs> okay again it's just like i don't know i guess i guess that's getting closer to factual but i don't know that i need the frank i just think I talked to our members or I explained what was happening. Once I made it clear. We still don't know what type of frank discussions you're even talking yeah. about. Right. We're like, what? What do you mean you had frank discussions? What do you mean they took advantage? Yep. Get to the actual facts. Yeah. Once I made it clear that non-payment would no longer be tolerated. Whoa. Okay. So people aren't paying back their, what? Their loans? Most members quickly agreed to pay. Or they weren't paying their membership fees? I still am not totally sure what's Yeah, happening. it's like he's hiding it, right? I mean, he's just wrapping it in so many layers of lists and conclusions and weird subjects. And it's like he's afraid to just say, previous members hadn't paid their bills. I was the new treasurer. I had to go in and try to collect from these deadbeats. Yeah. Just fucking say just it. Just say it. Yeah. For those current members who could not pay as quickly, I worked out payment plans that were agreeable to the members in question and myself. You just worked out payment plans. Yeah. I mean, okay. obviously with the people who are not paying <laughs> and obviously also with it's you weirdly taking too much authority almost, right? Yeah. Like it's, they don't owe the money to you. They owe the money to the fraternity. I get it that you're the treasurer, but you're not the owner. Yeah. And so uh, just you worked out payment plans. Great. That's great. That's good. That's you did a thing. That's great. And I'm happy to learn about that thing. There's just so many extra words around everything. Even more difficult than this was this discussion. These 
It's a terrible sentence. Was terrible sentence. Collecting the debt owed by alumni. Look at that sentence, Ben. It's another was sentence. Yeah. The subject subject is even more difficult than this. Right. Yeah. This is so vague. Even more difficult is a conclusion. So the subject of the sentence is even more difficult than this was collecting the debt owed by alumni. You could have said it was harder to collect the debt from alumni. Yep. Even then, or why to collect debt from alumni? Yeah, why draw that conclusion? I yeah. boom. I say what you did. Yeah. Okay. Many of them had graduated several years ago and believed that they had no obligation to pay what sometimes amounted to be several thousand dollars. Google flags the amounted to be several thousand dollars. The B doesn't need to be there. It's just. If you're gonna if you're gonna say that, you need to just say amounted to several thousand dollars. Okay. When story wise, I'm not hating it. Like you're you're trying to collect all this money from yeah. f- deadbeat alums of your fraternity. Okay. Yep. We got to get to the winning part. You're, you're overemphasizing the struggle. You got to get to the win. When an alumni, alumnus, we're going singular here, right? So is that right? When an alumni, Dis- or alum, even Ex- can you just abbreviate it down alum? to alum? Yeah. Alumni, I believe, is plural. I'm pretty so sure I that's plural. I just don't know if you should say alumnus or alum. When an, I don't know. I would just you could Pick just say someone. Yeah, when someone yeah. displayed repeated unwillingness yes. to pay his debt or create a payment plan, I made the difficult decision to send that alumni's account to a collection agency. How difficult is the decision really, Walker? See, what you're doing here is you're inviting us to criticize. You're inviting us to object. I made the difficult decision. Come on, dude. This is an old deadbeat. Some dude you don't even know anymore. You're trying to get him to work out a payment plan or pay his debt to the fraternity. It's probably not that much money for somebody who's already graduated from college. You know, he owes the fraternity $1,500 or whatever. He's a deadbeat. You send him to fucking collections. Don't oversell how difficult it is to make that decision. Well, and, and listen to the tone that your personal statement will take on once you make that change, right? If you say, when someone was unwilling to pay his debt or create a payment plan, I sent them to a collection agency. I sent, or I sent their account to a collection agency. It's like, wow, you are decisive. You don't take shit. And you get the job done. But instead, it's like, oh, I had to make this difficult. And now I'm imagining you like like fussing over what to do. It doesn't look good. While it was never something I wanted to do, it was a necessary part of my job. You don't need to say that. Just cut all that. You're way overselling. I think you did a good job. I think you came in. You you got Cleaned some house. people to pay mm-hmm. you you created some payment plans money starts coming in you've got a few tough nuts to crack you got to send those guys to collections but by telling me how dramatic that moment was for you then it it, it actually makes you look like a kid it's like, yeah, okay, that can't be that hard of a decision. Come on, buddy. You're going to make much harder decisions as a lawyer. So if you just get, just do it, just make the decision. 
Yep. Then we would actually, it's funny because then our reaction would be like, oh, that must have been kind of tough. That's a pretty ballsy thing for a sophomore in college to do. Yeah. Yeah. In the spring semester of my sophomore year, the president of our fraternity and I did our yearly review of financials before filing our tax documents. In this process, okay, I mean, I'm moving on because that sentence isn't horrible. At least you're doing some things. Um, could have cut a lot of it, though. Yeah, it could, it could have just been like when the fraternity president and I reviewed our financials before filing our tax documents. Boom. Like what happened? Yep. Um, but OK. Now you have this next sentence which says in this process, you don't need that. You, you don't could, need to have that because you just got to the fucking point. Yep. Yeah. I also don't need to know that it's in the spring semester. Oh, is that when this happened? I'm trying to track this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Uh, I noticed a clause in our housing contract that stated the school was responsible for paying all the utility bills generated by our fraternity house. Okay. I don't hate it. Keep going. This was a major revelation, as I knew we had been making payments for utilities from our chapter bank account since I took over as treasurer. I decided to investigate further and found that the school had been neglecting their duty to pay utility bills for just shy of a decade. Hold up. I don't, okay. I, I do like this story. This is solving a problem, but again, I don't know if I like this conclusion, neglecting their duty or you guys just haven't followed up on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like verging into lawyer speak with neglecting their duty to pay yeah. immediately. All the ears of every lawyer perk up like, oh, really? There was a duty to pay? Uh, really? How did that duty accrue to them? Where where is this duty to pay? R really? They neglected that they duty? They were deliberately what not What do you mean paying? they neglected? <laughs> exactly. It's like, hey, surely this is a fucked up situation and you're going to fix it. And that's great. But you don't need to be tossing off these allegations about the school neglecting to pay or whatever. I, I like it. I agree. Ben likes it too. You found a problem. You're going to get paid here for the fraternity. That's awesome. Just don't oversell it so much. Yeah. I brought this to the, again, this. I would love it if you could just put a noun after this to clarify what you're talking about. I brought this oversight or this problem or this issue to the attention of our school administration who upon realizing their error wrote us a check Don't for $13,000 that. that just actually undercuts what you just said like they're they've been neglecting their duty to pay no they were just unaware and your fraternity was foolish enough not to hold them to account yeah this sounds like previous drunken officers of your fraternity just not realizing that they weren't, <laughs> I don't know how they, somebody got a bill and just like decided to pay it. Somebody didn't read your housing contract in the first place. Yeah. And so, yeah, somebody fucked up at some point and then you guys just started paying the utility bill. The university probably didn't even ever get that bill or have any idea or, you know, sure. Maybe they pulled a fast one on you. But you don't have the evidence that they did yeah. that. This was just some kind of a clerical error as far as we know. Even if they did pull a fast one at some point in the past, you guys kept paying your utility bills. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> I, I don't like the upon realizing their error clause in the middle of that yeah. sentence. Do you know that they realized their error or is, why is it their error? Yeah. 
I mean, you guys are the ones who continue to pay every month. Maybe it's your error. Yeah. This is the problem with, with deviating from the facts and starting to draw conclusions. Anyways, the next sentence says this. Again, please put a noun after the word this. This payment or whatever, along with the money I collected from our members, allowed me to leave my position as treasurer with our fraternity. Of course, it was this position with your fraternity. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I misread that. As our treasurer with our fraternity bank account more than quintupled from the day I took over. Hmm. There's a lot of words there. It's a hard to read sentence. And all you're really saying is there was a lot more money in the account when you left. Yeah, you could have said, I mean, when, that's I, great. when I finished my term, comma, our bank account had five times more money than the day I took over. But that's not an impressive fact, by the way. Quintupled? I mean, hey, if you started with $1 and ended with $5, then you quintupled. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, you solved that problem. You left the you left the fraternity in better financial shape than you found it. Great. You're just, there's a lot, too many words here and not enough facts, right? Like, where's your student athlete story? Where, where's yeah, where your, this is like, really like, like I had two priorities and I'm going to talk about the third one. <laughs> I'm going to talk about, yeah, this other thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Last paragraph. Although my time as treasurer came to an end, my time as an officer in our fraternity had not. We can probably just cut that whole sentence and say what happened. Yep. I mean, we already know you left your position as treasurer. I don't understand why you need to say that twice. In the fall of my junior year, and oddly junior is capitalized, whereas you have not capitalized sophomore year or anything similar in the past. Mm. Um, you also say in the fall. Again, I don't really care about that specific of a time frame. I was elected president of our fraternity. You could just say, <laughs> after I stepped down, I, I was elected president. I don't necessarily care when this happened. Um my first goal, oh geez, there's that my first again. My first goal was to use the money we now had to resume doing the good deeds our fraternity is known for. Okay, what good deeds did you do? After discussions with our school and national organization, I was able to navigate both school and state COVID protocols to host a trivia, trivia night that, <laughs> that benefited our school's maintenance workers. Mm. Sorry, for some <laughs> for some reason it's like you just said you're gonna do good deeds and then you started talking about trivia. I realize it's a trivia yeah, night to benefit these workers, but it's like it trivial. It sounds trivial, yeah. Anyways, um, the knowledge. Yeah, the the skeptic because you've made grand conclusions about resuming doing the good deeds our fraternity is known for. Right, the second you say that. The skeptic goes, really, your fraternity is known for these good deeds? What, what good deeds uh, are we talking about here? If I went to your college town and asked around about your fraternity, is that the first thing I'm going to hear about is your good deeds? Or am I going to hear about other things? Yeah. Parties or bad deeds? I mean, like, you're you're making a claim there that seems like it's inviting skepticism. Also, raising, also, raising this whole COVID let me get to my main point. makes me actually, I think what... Walker's trying to do is like, look, we were worried about COVID. We were conscious of that. We were responsible, but it kind of just like goes backwards. I kind of forgotten about COVID. Like, I don't know that I would have even thought that COVID was happening at this time, but now I know it's happening. And now I know you're running a trivia night and I'm like, 
Should you have even done Why this? are you doing that? Yeah. Like, really? Is that a good idea to have a trivia night, trivia night during COVID? Like, yeah, you're again inviting extra speculation or extra skepticism on that. Also, you have money in your account. You want to do good deeds. So what do you do with that money? You host a trivia night benefit for what? It's like, okay, if you really wanted to benefit the school's maintenance workers, you've got money in your account. You could have cut a check, but instead you spent the money. I don't know. And I'm not saying you did badly. You could have turned your money into more money via this trivia night and then benefit it. But where's the good deeds? Like, where's the benefit for the school's maintenance workers? To me, it sounds like you're hosting a party in the middle of COVID. The knowledge of COVID procedures I gained through the planning of this event in the fall also enabled me to plan a spring formal for our members. Okay, the subject of this sentence is the knowledge of COVID procedures I gained through the planning of this event in the fall. (laughs) And what did that do? (laughs) That also enabled me (laughs) to plan. To plan a spring formal. Yeah. Okay. I I don't love it when subjects are longer than three words. <laughs> um, also, the minutia of the various parties you planned, I don't think are the, like, that's, how's that putting your best foot forward? I thought we were going to hear about a student athlete on Dean's list who also had leadership p- positions in the fraternity. Yeah. That's great. But instead we're getting this whole thing turned out to be about your fraternity. Yeah. And, you know, deadbeat members who didn't pay you, which was that was a fine anecdote. I don't think it deserves an entire paragraph. And then now we get a paragraph about you planning events during COVID, which I don't think helps you at all. We were the only fraternity on campus able to have such an event because of my knowledge, work and the trust I had built with the school and our national organization. Just overselling. Too long, mostly conclusions. Yeah. Going into the fall of my senior year, I plan on I plan on building upon these accomplishments to have the most productive semester our fraternity has ever seen. <laughs> the reader doesn't give a fuck about that. Like you're you're so you're just I mean, Walker, I I I think that this boy, Ben, A through A through F grade on this as much as we clowned on the entire thing grade for this statement it's a c plus yeah it's not that bad like it's it's kind of better than a lot of the statements yeah. that we read well, a lot of them we give that like said F. it's like you're killing yourself but i would tear down most of this and start with something i i, I would i just would build something so much better than this this it comes off sounding like a kid you're way overestimating how much the reader gives a fuck about your fraternity. The reader doesn't care. Like really you, you like the reader honestly is like, you probably, you were the only fraternity to have a spring formal during COVID. Hmm. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Half your readers are like, that was a bad idea. I don't care how many protocols you followed. That was dumb. Well, I'm not saying it literally was dumb. I'm just saying a lot of readers are going to react to it that well, way. Well, it's also just then followed by this gross overselling, which just like 
I'm sorry, it just comes across the wrong way, Walker. I understand we keep saying put your best foot forward, but we say put your best foot forward by putting the best facts forward, not because of my knowledge, work, and the trust I built with the school and our national organization. Like, I, I don't know. It's just not a fact I can point to. Oh, look at the trust he built. Yeah, it's it's like, what do you mean? I mean, you're trying to tell too many stories, I think. Yeah. Like you're claiming that your fraternity is known for all these good deeds and you did good deeds by what now hosting a trivia night. That's a good deed. Okay. I guess then you're the only fraternity that's able to have a spring formal, which you're patting yourself on the back for while the reader is like, I don't know if you should have done that. Yeah. Claiming to have all this knowledge and trust. I don't know. What would you like to, if you were going to just, you know, take what we've got here and start over. What do you think Walker should be trying to lead off? I with? almost wonder if there's like two stories that Walker could do. One would be this financial turnaround. And uh, the other would be maintaining, like, I don't know, something you did with your golf team. Like you said, that was, there's not a lot about the student athlete story yeah. here, right? Like, meanwhile, Walker's probably getting up at five 30 in the morning to go work out with the golf team before going to class, before going to the golf course in the afternoon to practice and play before getting ready to go travel over the weekend for the tournament. I mean, like you claimed that you played in several college golf tournaments. That's kind of impressive. And you just leave it there. Like you tossed it off. And then you told me, kind of sounds like trivial questions or trivial stories about your fraternity, which I, I just care a lot less about that than I do about your achievements. Right. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not admitting your fraternity to our law school. We're admitting you to our law school and yeah, your role as a fraternity officer is part of you but there's lots more to you that I feel like we're just giving short shrift here in order to talk about the spring formal. Yeah. Well, I think if you told the story about yourself as a treasure in the context of all this other stuff going on and you kept it short, it would be like this, like icing on the cake. It's like, Oh damn, look at all this stuff he's doing. And he was a treasure. And while he was, he turned this shit around and then he was elected president End a story. It's like, Cool. Look at all this other stuff he does at the same time. But now it's like the center. Be be more. Yeah, I would like. I think we need more about your student athlete story. Yeah. I think we need less about the fraternity. I mean, the last three long paragraphs are solely focused on inside the frat house. Yeah. And I just probably don't need as much of that. Um, I, I, I think I'd rather hear other aspects of Walker. And for sure, you just got to cut out all these conclusions because it, it has the it has the opposite of its intended effect. Every time you give us a conclusion, we immediately go, oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Um, Thanks, Walker. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that was that. I think we should wrap it up. Go it. Do it. Go it. Go it. <laughs> go it. <laughs> Do it. Here we go. Anyways, be LSAT famous. Get on an upcoming show by emailing help at thinkinglsat.com. We love getting your emails, well, most of them, and uh, <laughs> responding on the show when we can. Uh, if you have questions about the LSAT demon, email help at lsatdemon.com. That was episode 306 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks, all y'all, for listening. Nice knowing you.
don't pay for law school. And while you're at it, check out LSAT Demon Daily. 